everybody, and welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm Corinne. I'm James. And I'm Justin. And on this episode, we are going to be discussing the topic of digital romance. We're going to be talking about Crosstalk by Connie Willis. San Junipero, an episode of Black Mirror directed by Owen Harris. And Emily is Away, developed by Kyle Seeley. Yeah, this was, I feel like this was a, this was an interesting one. I don't know if I could say why. I feel like it was. I, I feel like every single thing that we did this topic, maybe, I would say maybe least San Junipero, um, but still to a certain degree, I think had a lot to say about the topic as a whole. I feel like for like a lot of our topics, we've come down and it's like, well, there's like, you know, one or, it seems like some of them have something to say, but we're usually going in and we're like trying to sort of interpret stuff from the fact they all are part of this theme and like what that theme means from that. I feel like for this one, we had a lot of things that specifically wanted to talk about romance in the context of technology. It's a hot button topic these days. I mean, that's kind of what we signed up for by specifically picking digital romance and not just romance. Yeah. Or like, you know, modern romance. Yeah. Like... And I guess I was thinking like when we did like sci-fi noir, right? Like, which I guess is different because it's, that is more of a genre than like a, than a topic, so to speak. But, um, like, for those, like, it felt like those things weren't, like, sitting down to talk about sci-fi noir, right? They just were. And we were, like, talking about what what that might be based on our, our sampling of evidence. These things, I feel like, had something to say. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I do wonder if that's, I mean, you're just sort of right in the, the hot-button topic idea, right? Like, we could be seeing books, movies, uh, TV, and and maybe games uh dealing with this stuff on a on a on a much different level a little further into the future from now i mean even i had mentioned um in the emily is away episode uh otome games that are like texting based Mm. um like uh mystic messenger and that is very much sort of like a modern romance game that isn't saying anything about the fact that it's a romance game taking place via a, a fake text message yeah yeah the texting is just kind of the conceit for right. it but it's not like about texting right yeah Makes so sense. we could certainly see more of that emerge as time goes on i just think we're in that spot right now where like the only context in which these stories are being told is the stories being told in order to to say something more yeah, I sense. think I think actually that's that's pretty interesting because um, it strikes me that maybe older generations are trying to process what it means to have romance in a digital age, and I think James, we talked about this briefly before, but there's this uh, in fan fiction. There's a a relatively new AU, which in case you don't know, fan fiction stands for alternate universe, and typically means that the 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 world has the world of the characters and the, the 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 piece of work that you're exploring has been shifted to what has now become a series of sort of well known like like settings so like there's the the coffee shop setting where the pairing you're interested in exploring one of them's a barista and one of them's a regular and then they fall in love that way a a, a relatively new uh, sort of standard AU that has been added to the the list of standard AUs is the social media AU whereby people you know the the pairing you're interested in exploring 
fall in love via things like Instagram and um, and I guess Twitter and like these these different sort of like digital digital platforms. And, you know, either they fall in love through it or it, it plays a significant role in the relationship or it just plays or just has a significant presence in the story. But these aren't these aren't works that are interested in trying to make a point. These are works that are using tools that are familiar to the writers in order to show how these two characters are falling in love. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, these writers are, are probably younger people. They're probably, you know, young 20s teenagers uh, right now. And I, I think that they don't need to process what these sorts of of relationships mean they're just writing stories that feature them yeah so i I think that we have to i guess be careful to say that digital romance is a topic that we're still exploring i mean maybe maybe we are maybe we're the cutoff of you know this is still exploratory and definitely people older than us are people younger than us they've got it figured out they know what digital romance means yeah, makes sense. I so. guess I guess it's worth pointing out that speaking that way is is very much about like society at large, right? With that particular contingent of people being a an ultimately pretty small chunk of it. But what it does point to is the fact that as those people begin writing and creating uh professionally as some of them inevitably will. Um, we'll start to see that's when we'll start to see these things creeping into more popular media media in a uh, in a way that is not just trying to ruminate on it but just it exists yeah and and i would say emily is a way kind of starts to get at that right like it's it's i i'm not gonna say that it's not that it's not specifically exploring what it is to kind of have a relationship over something like aim. Cause I think that it very explicitly is right. But it's interesting though, that I, it, that it goes back to aim specifically. And it's not like Facebook, Instagram. And my understanding is that Emily is away too. the sequel, um, does shift to, to other platforms that um, what I can tell, it features like a, like a full, like, you know, web browser. Yeah, exactly. Knockoff oh, kind of thing. Interesting. And, yeah, and, like it's like a deeper like desktop simulation that also covers more like communication platforms is my understanding. Yeah, I I'm legitimately I think I'm actually going to try and just play the sequel when, oh, yeah, I, when I have a spare. Like I'm probably just going to play it next weekend. Yeah, um, but actually the the sequel's already come out and it came out several weeks ago as far as you know, listeners. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh yeah, I was so good about the timing thing last time. Star dating this episode. Yeah. Um, oh well, but. But yeah, so because I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that one's um, it, that one to me strikes me as the most interesting like mix of the two, where it's it, I I, I don't know how old Celie is, but I, I get the impression that he probably would have been at least around the age of the player character between two thousand two to two thousand seven. Um, that feels right. I mean, I either that or he's, I don't know it read just like other people's chat logs from the time and has managed to correctly approximate what it was like to be there then. I hope it's not that. That's creepy. I mean, I do think somebody around our age could have made a a game like Emily is Away and kind of nail it because like 
we might not have been the right age to to have the experiences of the player character in the times that they were happening, but we have had those experiences outside of that, right? And so, like, I, I could definitely see it working out that way, where it's just, like, properly dating yourself by inserting the conversations you were having, even when they weren't, yeah, you know, these conversations yet. Yeah. but So I guess I would say at least pretty close to, to the age of, of his character at that time. Um, I wonder what the game would have been like for... Uh, like my older cousin who is like six years, six, seven years older than me, who went through high school and college at the same time that AIM was that popular. Yeah. Because like by the time we got to college, that wasn't how people talked anymore. Right. So we didn't, we didn't have that exact experience. And I wonder how that might've been different for somebody who was just a little bit older than us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be... Very, I'd be, I would, I don't know, I'm, I stand by what I said at like the end of last episode, where more so than I think anything else we've done, I'm really curious about what other people yeah. think of, of that game. Yeah. But. If you're roughly 30 years old, please play this game and get back to us. I, if you're any age, I really want to know, if you're 80. I only want 30 year olds to play this game, James. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I want Connie Willis to play it. Oh, yeah, that would be neat. Yeah. Connie Willis, please get back to us. Yeah, we're, we're sorry we were kind of frustrated with, with Crosstalk, but. I would say as a group, our understanding is that you're a very good writer. Yeah. Um, but no, like it, for real, like jokes aside, like I, I would be really curious about that. Um, I'll make my grandma play it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I could, yeah, I could also get my grandma to play it. But, but yeah, I mean, so, but so let's say specifically with something like Crosstalk, right? It, Crosstalk's vision of social media as, as we were, as we were discussing and certain it both literal in the way that people actually use stuff like Facebook as part of part of the novel, and also metaphorical in that it certainly feels like the telepathy that Brady engages in is intended to be a metaphor for social media use, at least to some degree, is I, I mean just is objectively dystopian, right? Like it is it is a terrible just hellscape wasteland of a world with just too much sharing going on. Like, high on the list of worst scenarios for social media to turn the world into. Yeah, exactly. It's like that, and then, like, 1984-level, like, straight-up constant watchdog. Right. Sense. Which, like, it almost kind of is, just instead of by the government, it's, like... By everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, yeah. So, I, I would be really curious about um, about that, especially because, as, as Cleo pointed out, about Crosstalk, it's largely one-on-one conversations like there's there's the voices they're like the masses and then there's the characters specifically speaking individually one-on-one to one another via telepathy i i would be really curious about what like how that would apply to something like emily as a way where you have you still have this relationship that doesn't you know it does not end up happily ever after but it feels like a very personal one-on-one still like meaningful thing i would be really curious about i guess i guess i would say if we operate under the assumption that crosstalk is to some degree a a representative sense of how its author feels about social media which is not necessarily the case but if it is the case i would be very curious about what she thinks about something that is much more intimate um but also kind of guarded about something like aim where you can have that conversation with one person uh without the flood you know that's interesting yeah because i feel i feel like 
especially for um older people there are a lot of methods of communication that rise and fall before without it ever coming onto their radar um and it feels like you know aim is is very easily one of those things that everybody our age knew about and no like no one over the age of like 30 well, it was big in offices, right? That's true. I guess that would be the one thing is if if the idea of AIM as like a social thing as opposed to like just Slack would be would be something. Like I are 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 kids out there using Slack just to like hang out and chat with one another? Oh my god. I mean, people our age absolutely are, so. Yeah, but that's because we all have it for work, right? Like, I mean, well, I know I mean, people who used it independently. My group of friends we use Discord, which is basically just Slack with a pair of cool sunglasses on. Yeah. Oh, so. Discord hardcore ripped off Slack. <laughs> oh, yeah, hundred percent. They just they added a little bit of functionality and like hardcore focused on being like game yeah. gamer Slack. Yeah. As soon as my as soon as my friend group got set up with Discord, we abandoned literally any other method of communication, and we we hang out there, we chat there, we like we talk about our days there. Like that's that's where it all happens. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. But I feel like that's the thing, right? In so in in the group of people our age, and you're just you mentioned people who use Slack, like independently of work, right? But that's it feels like that's largely because it feels like that would catch on because a non-trivial percentage of those friends already have Slack for work. Yeah, right. Like you're the reason right. why, like the reason why we, you know, spoilers and peek behind the curtain. The reason why we use Slack to coordinate our recording stuff was largely because a bunch of us just already had Slack for work, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, we can just add like another group to to the client it's like i wonder like it do you think that that'll be a thing like someday there'll be kids where it's like oh yeah we were out like on slack probably not right because discord's a thing i feel like discord would yeah be the... discord's definitely gotten in with the younger generation yeah i i do think discord's like gamer focus is very like i do think a lot of people who don't play games the way that we do or who don't play the kinds of games uh that we do might never no no i don't i don't think that's true i don't think that's true i think a lot of um there's a lot of fandom culture that doesn't necessarily intersect with gaming where uh having a discord server to chat about the the piece of media is very popular interesting yeah i guess i you know the lately especially i've been seeing different things we're like yeah join our discord yeah and it's for mm-hmm. all kinds of different shit it's not even it's yeah, not like, game related it definitely oh, started that way but has yeah. you're right yeah that's very interesting to me yeah I, critical role for example that's a big one the, yeah. the critical role has like sort of a official unofficial uh discord mm-hmm. um and man i want to join that but i don't yeah oh god no and every time that uh you know whenever there's a live episode everybody just like jumps on there and like reacts and chats and stuff like that yeah um and it's apparently not as not nearly as terrible as twitch chat which is just a cesspool i that's more or less what i've heard is a lot of streamers are just like oh yeah no if if you're like if you're a subscriber like i'm not gonna put chat into subs only mode but if you are a subscriber you've got a link to the discord maybe check that out instead yeah there's um I think one of the big things and the the primary reason that Discord is catching on the way that it is is because of how you can invite people to yeah. Discord. Because, like, it's easier, arguably, to set up a Discord account than it is to set up a Slack account. And you can invite people to Discords with, like, an open, private invite link, mm-hmm. which just, like, does not work for Slack. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, individually email people to get people in Slack. Yeah. 
I mean, which makes sense for Slack for a lot of it because Slack is intended to be within your company. But right, it was yeah, it was yeah. definitely built as like a as yeah. more of a an enterprise kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Discord wants a streamer to go up and put an open private link to yeah. So I, I used to bring us like a little bit back. Do you think that ten years from now someone's going to make a game in I, not even ten years from now? Because let's say if it let's say it is a game, someone makes fake Discord. Emily is away three. I mean, it took what, like six? No. When was Emily Was It was 2015, I think. So it took like eight years for it to happen. If Discord's really hitting critical mass like now-ish. But keeping in mind that over those eight years, um, senses of what a game would, could, should be changed a lot. That's true. There had since then there there was the indie game boom. Yeah, there was so. the indie game boom, and there was a shift towards a lot of narrative, and there was uh, stuff like her story, for example. But just this, uh, the idea of even like a desktop simulator, right, or something yeah. where it you're just you're just talking to another character, and that's like kind of a valid game. I mean, that had to go through like its own cycle of just like, well, it's not a game or walking simulator, blah blah blah, all that bullshit. But good point. I do think we could see. I mean, we could realistically see something within. Within five years or so. That I mean, that Arc Symphony game that I brought up when we were talking about Emily Goes Away, it's kind of similar-ish already where you're, it's simulating this full desktop and you're jumping between an email client and an IRC client yeah, and replying to emails and replying to the IRC. Like, yeah, kind of makes kind of almost there. I want a closed-room murder mystery that takes place on a Slack server. That would be sick. Yeah, right? Right? I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know what, but right. like. There's our new pet project. Yeah. Yeah, I. Too bad Cleo's not here. <laughs> she would love that. We should. True. We'll message her as soon as we're done. We'll we'll let her know on Slack. Yeah, yeah. But that that one of us has been murdered, <laughs> and <laughs> Cleo has been murdered. That's why she's not here today. Right? Uh, did we not say at the beginning of the episode Cleo was murdered? But, no, but she'll be episode. she'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, she'll be better next time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so so I guess let's let's bring this back like sure. a little bit a little bit more to to the romance angle, right? Because so I I feel like though all of that though was a great example of how, like yeah, a lot of communication is shifting to something more technology based. A lot of friendship is shifting to more stuff that's more technology based. It just because technology is a bigger part of people's lives, sure. Like you know the broad easy blanket statements that you know feel like solid groundwork. So then logically speaking you've got people's like romantic relationships moving towards stuff that's technology based. I mean, you you see stuff these days on on Twitter, right? Like there was a dumb joke tweet going around a week ago about like, you know, oh me and and this person I just at tagged, you know, sent our first tweet to each other 3 years ago and and we still talk and here's this picture of two people getting married that's unrelated. But yeah. it lampooning the thing that there are these people who are like, yeah, you know, she replied to one of my tweets to somebody else four years ago, and we got to know each other, and now we're getting married, and, yeah. like, what a world we live in. And it's like, yeah, that's the world we live in now. Yeah. So, um, based on the the stuff that we that we read, watched, played, I mean, I would, I would say overall, it seems like, I would say that the tone of Crosstalk was kind of pessimistic about that shifting reality. I would say San Junipero was extremely optimistic about that shifting reality. And I would argue that Emily is away is pretty neutral about it. Um, I, I would say, well, I felt that like Emily is away overall dealt with a lot of like kind of depressing themes. And I think that 
the the inclusion of technology draws out a painful experience. And I think that that's arguably part of what that game has to say, or at least what I felt it it said. Um, I would say, though, that as far as... I don't think that the game blames technology for that or says that that's inherently a bad thing, like making a thing more painful or anything like that. It doesn't, it doesn't strike me as like extremely pessimistic about it. It's just, a, yeah, people are going to want to prolong their relationships with these crushes, and through technology they can kind of draw that experience out. But that strikes me as, I don't know, that one feels neutral to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it's the kind of thing where... It's it's very much pointing out like how technology changes the way that people would normally interact anyway. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not saying that technology is introducing this new this like you know hyper new thing or this like new way of really relating to people. It's just being like this is how human relationships rise and fall, and technology plays a part in that now. But it is you know no, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. I, that yeah. Whole... I exactly. I completely agree. What do you think? I mean, did did you? Would you? Do we all agree on kind of that as like a, a foundation for the rest of the conversation that our things kind of ended up sort of in a positive, negative, neutral sort of uh, I mean, bucket system? I mean, I, I guess if you, I, I think that might be simplifying it a, a little bit. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, I would say that's that's true. Do you want to talk about some of those complications? Because I, I will be the first yeah. to agree that I'm, I'm oversimplifying yeah, I mean, for it, the sake of for the sake, but... yeah, for the sake of simplifying it, just to give us a launching pad. But, but I mean, do we want to get into those complications right now? I think the point of simplifying it is to put those conversations aside so we can talk about different things. So if you have sure. more interesting different things you want to talk about, then I say we do that and go with the simplification. Sure. Um, I, I guess, kind of my, my sort of generic follow up is. Uh, does anyone want to talk about where they necessarily fall in those kind of understanding that all of these are kind of oversimplifications and perhaps are, I would, I would argue, especially in the positive and negative accounts, because it is hard to exaggerate neutral, extremely exaggerated ideas of that. Um, San Junipero feels like the super crazy best case scenario of a San Junipero situation. Whereas Crosstalk feels like the super crazy worst case scenario of Absolutely sudden bad. onset telepathy yeah exactly so so not saying that you necessarily think that yes technology is gonna like help me find my like like my heaven wife like it like save me oh from... god that was the best possible way to refer to that <laughs> technology please send me my heaven wife <laughs> but you know and but also not necessarily saying that technology is going to like drive you crazy and you know all of force the... you into the arms of Ugh. just yeah just everything everything anyway in, yeah so keeping in mind that saying you are by and large negative on technology's effects on that kind of stuff does not mean you necessarily agree with the crosstalk dystopian version of of the future uh i mean does anyone want to talk about which of those groups they find themselves tending to fall into i would say i tend to, to fall into positive um i have for as an example i have two friends who are now married and they met online, had their literal entire relationship online. And then, uh, my one friend recently applied who's from England recently applied for a visa to move to America and they got married and now they're in wedded bliss. Uh, so that's pretty positive. I would say, uh, also for myself, I like literally don't know how to talk to people I guess like not not like that but just like I I much I present myself much better uh 
in a text format from a romantic perspective, which is highly like it's not is like I don't think that I don't think I'm waiting to find somebody online, but I think the reality is that I do better that way. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, general positive outlook as well. You'll you'll find your uh, your heaven wife. Oh, my online. heaven wife. <laughs> if if I die. And just on my tombstone, like the the all that they say is just like coined the term heaven wife. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be happy with that. How about you, Justin? Um, I th- I think I pretty much fall in the same camp as as Corinne. Um, I'm also the kind of person who has who has formed several like, you know, some relationships that have already kind of ended and and all this stuff, but who formed several relationships over the last god like 15 years. Um, that have lived online and it's for all the, all the negatives that, that might be there. I, I just think it's, uh, it's enabling a lot more than it's, uh, than it's hindering. Yeah. I would say I, I tend to fall into the neutral camp. Um, I generally think that a lot of technology is just kind of taking the same conversations and experiences and making them a bit different. But that said, I'm also someone, though, who really – I'm someone who chooses not to interact with the the flood version of social media. Right. Um, I in, – in, like, a goofy way, like, AIM was, like, the perfect, like, online interaction for me. It's, it's a private channel. You and one other person, you can set up groups with other people. It, it's why, like, when people ask me, like, what social media services they can find me on, I'm like, text me. It like that's that's just the way that I I choose to interact online with stuff like that, which I guess maybe kind of like potentially colors it. Like I, it's something where while I'm totally on board with other people like finding that kind of happiness and fulfillment in that kind of broader social media or tech landscape, that's just not a place that I really enjoy being. So yeah, so I like I guess I would say I tend to fall in neutral. I appreciate that positives happen for a lot of people, but in my personal experience, it it feels more like the flood version, which maybe kind of reinforces the neutrality in that like I I feel like I I see both of the other things and just choose not to interact in those ways. But, but yeah, I I feel like I broadly come down on the side of exactly what you said. It's it's the same stuff. Like it's 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 different but it's fundamentally very similar conversations you know it's the same feelings it's the same it's the same crushes it's the same music it's the same movies you know and it kind of comes down to the way you like to talk about that i guess i feel like cuz i feel like this is kind of the the evolved version of our usual in which world would you rather live question right because i feel like this is like all right do you want to live in real world 2002 to 2007 <laughs> right uh, the horrific dystopia of crosstalk or just this, like it, this world where we've solved the afterlife. Like, yeah, I was like, I guess I'll take, uh, I'll take real world. Oh, two to Oh seven followed by a, a slice of solved afterlife. Yeah. I feel like that's you the know, thing. Leave off the oh dystopia God. in the middle. Wasn't 2002 the, the year of the aughts that was chosen in San Junipero. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. It's, it's I feel like one. this means something, but I don't know what. <laughs> it's the one with that great shot where you've got a TV that just says, it's 2002. <laughs> but 
But yeah, so I feel like so I, I feel like that's my big thing, right? Is that that question for this particular topic becomes not very interesting, right? Like, oh, and which of these would you rather? I mean, it largely comes down to just like how put off are you by the idea of transferring your consciousness to like a little like a little chip that you know gets plugged into a server, right? But you know, let's not have let's not have the existential discussion. Yeah, exactly. That we always come down to. Yeah, I, I feel like one thing that um, overall, I feel like. Uh, Emily is away in San Junipero. It, I would say maybe did a, probably did a better job than Crosstalk, but it, by and large, um, a lot of our things did a good job of was avoiding the uh, the general trope of like social media is like ruining kids today. <laughs> like, and I think like Crosstalk doesn't necessarily know how it wants to deal with social media, but it does seem to avoid that, right? Like, right. there's it, not a damn millennials like tone. Exactly. Yeah, it's. It feels like this thing that was forced upon people and people are like these kind of like victims of social media and that just, you know, Mark Zuckerberg made Facebook and doomed us all or something like that. But it <laughs> it doesn't feel... Well, it, that still might be true. Yeah. But it, it doesn't take on that tone of just like, ah, kids today with their, their face tweets and, and Instabooks, etc. Yeah. But, which I thought was kind of nice. I, I was not necessarily expecting that. You know what else it also didn't do? It didn't really it didn't really have any any character being like everybody you meet online is going to kill you because they're a serial killer. Yeah. It didn't it didn't go in that direction either. Agreed. At any point. Yeah. It yeah, none of it, which was nice. It didn't even really have the like abstaining character. Yeah. You know, because there's like there's this I mean, James, you're you're our living example right here, right? There there are the people who are sort of pushing back against social media not either intentionally or or just sort of out of a out of a disinterest um but like crosstalk it's not really there no i don't i think the point was that nobody could possibly abstain from technology yeah it's like the it's like mave's voice of god at the end you cannot escape <laughs> there is nowhere you can hide from mave <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, they're even like it kind of happens with cb yeah, except, he kind of tries to check out. Right, but except it's he's checking out from like real world social media because he's plugged into metaphorical social media, so like it doesn't really work. Yeah, and still spends a lot of his time. Like even he's like upfront about it. It's like, yeah, just like listening to everyone who's just kind of a part of his life. He, exactly, yeah. 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 Which would have been interesting. I mean, I, I totally get why and I guess I mean San Junipero does that kind of. Depends on how you like it doesn't San Junipero is not so much about social media as it is about technology right um, but but you do have the abstention yeah. idea and that, yeah that's why i focused in on crosstalk is because oh, like, for sure. i think it's i think sandra de absolutely needed to have those people and needed to address that and i'm glad they did because it would have been worse off for not having done so yeah agreed um but i mean getting into that though um and obviously emily is away doesn't because that kind of fundamentally defeats <laughs> it's outside of the scope of the game the obviously. La exactly. the last year emily is away forever yeah exactly. <laughs> she has deleted her account and it's not like Emma's like not on aim and it's just like, oh yeah, like this person, Emma, she's not on aim. It's just like, no, it's, that's, that's not what that game's all about. But, I wonder what would happen if I tried to log into my aim account. Right now. Is it still there? Probably. Where did I leave it? I think my computer still tries to log into it. Like it's like saved in my like accounts list. A side note, I was also a big MSN person for a long time. I was not. I'm familiar with it, and I know yeah. that like the cool kids were on it, especially mm, if you had like you. international friends. I was a uh, I was a Digsby person. I don't know what the fuck that is, Justin. Digsby was a, an aggregation 
Like a new oh, semester okay. aggregation app. So uh, I signed into everything at once. Oh, you know what? I did. I, I don't think I knew that one in particular, but I did know. There were a couple others. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know about that. And I was just like, eh, nah, there's certain people I want to talk to on MSN, certain people on AIM and. Never the twain shall meet. <laughs> that's it. I, I could only think of Twix candy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never the Twix shall meet. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was, when I was a, a teenager, I was like a member of like tons of different forums and all kinds of fandom bullshit and role-playing bullshit and all this. And so like um, the easiest thing for me to do because these people were from all over the place was to have accounts with the same name on like every service and then have something like Digsby so that like I could catch all right. Whereas sense. like, here's my MSN friends and here's my aim friends and here's my, you know, what's this weird Facebook thing. I'll talk to friends on there, I guess. Is that still a thing? Is, is like, is social is like social platform aggregation still a thing? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know if it's a I mean there's a lot of stuff where it's just like, oh, like it some of it's through the services themselves, right? Where you can it's something that will easily say post to your Facebook and Twitter and Instagram like all together, especially Facebook and Instagram because they're the same company. But yeah. um but like beyond that, I feel like most of the ones that I know about are for like professionals, right? Where if you're like managing social media, so like a Hootsuite, etc. Sure. I was just thinking like we all have phones now we have we have smartphones now yeah it's exactly. and like that basically is that the aggregator is the phone right because you just have a bunch of different clients but is there like a client is what is what you're asking yeah. right yeah i mean i uh, weirdly enough microsoft used to do it hmm. um where you could have your texts and skype conversations and facebook all in the same place um like through Outlook and through Windows phones, like Messenger. Fuck Skype. Fuck Skype. <laughs> remember when I Skype used to Skype. be good? Yeah. No, I don't remember it. I've been just living in this post-apocalyptic hellscape of Skype for so long now. I've forgotten the time they came before. Women of the apocalypse, everyone. Yeah, exactly. That'll be our bridge. We'll, oh, God. We'll, we'll put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be perfect. Uh, but so... The other the other thing that I wanted to get at, and this was kind of tying a little bit back to what we were talking about a bit earlier, and again, what Cleo brought up um, back when we were talking about San Junipero, or maybe more crosstalk, is the fact that, by and large, these things uh, dealt primarily with, like, one-on-one conversation, right? Like, you've got a little bit in San Junipero where there are some other people who are, like, who factor into the story. What's his name? Who Julie was dating? Lady with the snake? Evil David Bowie? <laughs> Like, so you've got these, like, some other characters, <laughs> mm-hmm. but chiefly these things deal with, like, the one-on-one digital communication and not so much with um, kind of dealing with, with large groups, which makes some sense because we're dealing with romance. So that's much less likely to be a, you know, your, your romance with, you know, 500,000 other Twitter users. Right. We're, but, we're not, we haven't gotten into digital polyamory yet. That's yeah, like <laughs> that's super polyamory. Di- yeah. Next level polyamory. <laughs> Which would be a very interesting book. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm I'm with you. This is a this is a conversation for me and Cleo down the road. Yeah, but uh, so I was kind of curious about that. So I feel like San Junipero is the thing that's closest to Corinne, the situation you were describing with your friends who met online, where you've got that, and because of this digital platform, you've got two people meeting one another for a positive reason. Whereas Emily is away, you know each other outside of AIM, and in uh, Crosstalk, they meet each other because. The internet is hell. But I I was curious about what people thought about those like kind of 
different takes on it. And I don't know if at the end of the day, it all just kind of boils down to that same buckets of negative, positive, neutral of like, well, the digital reality is a negative place. Therefore, it drives people together in a physical space to escape it or, you know, versus technology creates a positive place and that brings people together or just it's neutral. You met each other outside. This is just an extension of your real world friendship. I'm um, kind of positive neutral, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say that's that would be my instinct as well. I mean, I have met people online and having met them online, I primarily keep up with them online and I also see them in person mm-hmm. fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I hang out with maybe like four and a half to five and a half real people in New York City. And I'm curious who the half yeah, is. Who's the half? Gwenna. Ah. Ha- I don't is see it, is her. Is it half because she's no, tiny? No, I just don't. It... I barely see her. Oh. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Sorry, Gwenna. It, it's an amalgamation <laughs> of like Gwenna and Caroline who like, maybe they're like moved quarters. across the country. Yeah, yeah, who moved across the country. But still like I, every time she's around, I see her. Anyway, I, I see in, in New York City, I see about four and a half, five and a half real people physically in meat space. Yeah. And which is really the best word for the real world. Yeah. Just putting that out there. And literally every other friendship I have is kept and maintained through digital platforms and through the, the playing of video games and through activities that can be digitized, like board games, tabletop role playing games, mostly games. <laughs> Still pretty <laughs> watching much games. watching movies and stuff like that. Did you meet these people in Meet Space? Or some of them, them online? Some of them, yes. Some of them online. Sweet. Some of them Meet Space, some of them The Matrix. Yeah, because that's, for me, that's like the big thing is specifically that just only one of our, our three things really deals with that sense of like making a friend online, you know? So I was kind of curious about, and it, which is probably just like not really like enough evidence, I guess. Feels like, you know, the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, that's another one of those things that I feel like will be more often talked about and ruminated on as like even in the near future but just like in stuff that is coming down the line yeah that that meeting point right i will say that one of the people that i met online um i did end up going on a few dates with her Mm. in the real world and um because of like how far away we live from each other and everything that sort of just faded away and now we're like just very good friends like Emily is always style. No, Except, no, yeah, that's not, we're yeah, that's not, not at all. We're yeah. we're, like, we're we legitimately hang out, very good like, friends and very good. And, like, we hang, hang out every out week. Every week. Uh, we're we're really good friends. We yeah. like go on vacations together, like with her friend group, and like like not at all like Emily is away. Yeah. Fair, I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> trying to draw connections did not work. No. Um. So the thing that I did kind of want to uh, two other things that I sort of wanted to move into from that. First thing is specifically with romance. Do you think that a digital space lends itself more towards maintaining friendships than romantic relationships? I think that varies wildly. And a quick context, totally understanding that that is a leading question. Um, Reason why I bring it up in a leading manner is uh, coming off of Emily as a way. That seems to be like part of that for me and that kind of sense of kind of the, the romantic interest sort of fading due to distance. Um, I was curious about that, especially because San Junipero is set like in the online space where there is a certain amount of physicality, right? Um, which is what I kind of wanted to bring into there and whether that physicality 
is something that we think that these pieces of media are um, feel strongly as like a component of a romantic relationship. I think that there for when you have a, a friendship that you're maintaining online, there's no expectation that you're going to try to meet in person eventually mm. there's there's kind of a well i hope i hope we get an opportunity to to do it and if you're ever happen to be around in this area let me know and i'll drive like three and a half hours to go see you if you know you say live across the country or something mm -hmm. and that's a more reasonable like solution um and certainly i know people who who do that sort of thing for their friendships and like that's that's awesome yeah um but I, I think that there is more the expectation when you're maintaining a romance that you are going to try to see that you you must try to see each other in person. Mm. Um, and that is sort of baked into initiating or maintaining a relationship online, which, you know, there's no value judgment on that fact. Yeah, sure. Um, it just is sort of a, a clear distinction. Yeah. And I, I would completely agree with that. I, I don't usually think of this as being like related to this topic but i think the the reality is that it is but my my girlfriend and i were long distance for all of college right and i mean so we maintained that relationship strictly via like text messages facetime etc and yeah but there were absolutely like visits and that goes a long way for for something like that and it's the kind of thing where i part of why i think it's so interesting to think about whether it is it is easier to maintain a friendship versus a romantic relationship online. Um, I would be inclined to say it is easier to maintain friendships online. But I think just like looking at just myself, sample size of one, I've had a lot more success maintaining romantic relationship online than friend relationships online, where like a lot of my friend relationships, it kind of comes down to they'll sort of like peak up when I'm going to be able to see that person. But relatively low stuff online otherwise i'd say the big case would be my brother where you know we see each other a few times a year for family stuff but we will play games together and that ends up kind of being the big way that we stay in touch but other than that it i feel like as inclined as i am to say that it's used more towards friendships i i don't know my experience would suggest that maybe that's not really true i think the the usage of of maintain is what's really important here um because what I think it comes down to is how, when, and why the relationships are formed. Mm. If, you know, I, I grew apart from the majority of the people I went to high school with that I was close with because I moved 100 miles away to New York. I rarely went back to small town Jersey where I had gone to high school and I made a bunch of new friends here. And, th you know, that was how life happened. Mm. But I do think in a world where relationships can be formed online you know from the get-go the the almost the stakes of it are different right when you um when you form a friendship with somebody who you interact with in the real world consistently and you know not exclusively because it's the digital world also now so we would talk to people on on aim and, and all that junk but these are people who you would see every day or or you know at minimum five days a week or that kind of thing but when you have formed this relationship entirely with somebody online, then whether it's romantic or a friendship, I think it's it's easy to, like easy to maintain. And I, I guess in that situation, I think it would be easier to maintain a friendship than it would be to maintain a, a relationship because 
unless unless you're looking at at you know um I mean, not even then. Like, physical presence for the vast majority of people when it comes to being in a romantic relationship with someone, um, whether whether they're asexual or not, like, being physically with and around the person that you, you know, that you're in a relationship with, that's, that's going to be important to the majority of people. Um, and the the things that you can do to sort of simulate that level of closeness online will only be so effective for so long. Mm. Whereas friendship, that physical closeness, like just isn't as important, which why like empirically it makes sense that it might be easier to maintain a friendship than a, than a relationship. But it's, it's how used to interacting with that person in what way you are that I think determines how well that actually works. So the last question that I wanted to ask, so in this whole topic of digital romance, None of our things had anything to do with dating sites, which stra- it, with the with the big exception of everyone just like trying to like uh, get. Well, okay, what was Brady's sister's name? Kathleen. One, Kathleen. Yeah. Yeah. Kathleen, except for Kathleen, Kathleen tried like, every dating site under the sun, and I swear to God, Kylie Wells just sat down and just came up with as many like off the wall dating site ideas as she could possibly. It was one of my favorite things about the book where there's like Kathleen's like (laughs) crazy dating sites. It was like two minute lattes. You just have a two minute date and and some coffee. And if you hate each other, you just go your opposite ways. And I was like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Honestly, that sounds like something that could and does exist today. I'm pretty sure it actually does. does. (laughs) Just like not, not maybe maybe Connie Willis just Googled actual dating sites and picked the weirdest one she could find. She didn't make any of them up. They all just exist. I believe it. I I could see it going either way. And I I think I'd be happy with either one. Farmers only, Christian Mingle, these are things. (laughs) There is a dating site, no lie. And I guess I'll look it up right now. But it's called uh, Coffee Meets Bagel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm very familiar with that. Matt and Liz met on that one. Two friends of mine who are getting married met on that site. But so I thought it was really interesting. So we we specifically looked for stuff, digital romance, and nothing of the things that we picked were really like about what feels like kind of the easy thing. And I think I correct me if I'm wrong, but like I feel like that's in part because a lot of I I don't feel like there's a lot of stuff that's just about like, oh, but they met on Tinder or oh, but they met on eHarmony. And that's like the thing. Yeah, I think I think it's viewed as like a little too shallow. Not like the people are shallow or not like the dating apps necessarily are shallow or anything like that, but just like as a conceit for telling a story, it's like, oh, meeting on a dating site is not the different from meeting in like a dating service in the 90s or like meeting through personal ads in the paper before that. Like, it's just like another one of those, you know, this has happened before, it'll happen again. Like, it's... Yeah, like, it, do you, does that seem to be the thing where it's just like, it's, that's not, like, we're all just like down with it like kind of quick because i know that that was like a thing that people were like hesitant to talk about for a long time you wouldn't say like oh we met online yeah yeah even still is right like there was stigma around those older versions of this yeah and there was stigma around dating sites for the longest time and i'd argue a lot of that is going away but there are still plenty of people who are like if we meet on tinder like we're telling people we met at a bar i don't know i just i think in terms of like what these stories are going to be about there's not enough to be said for like dating site culture yeah i mean if you write a story about dating site culture from a woman's perspective it's going to be like i sifted through all of these creepy dudes until i found you like even more of a like dystopian hellscape than crosstalk already is yep it's just the quagmire from san juniper yeah i mean 
probably not even like I don't I don't know if the Honestly, Quagmire it's probably is even easier that to meet someone you would like at a dating site version of the Quagmire than it would be. Like dating sites are I basically the same. I think the Quagmire is probably more wholesome than the shit that women have to go through on dating sites. Honestly, because everybody who goes to the Quagmire goes there because that's what they're into and they know know what they want. That lady and there's and also that like snake, they both. That's that's how they met. Yep, James, you and the snake lady. I swear. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, evil the, David like, Bowie just wants <laughs> just wants someone to love. The the quagmire is definitely this like this sort of stand in for for modern like you know BDSM culture and that kind of stuff. And with the way like rules are established and relationship boundaries are drawn and, and like that oh, culture yeah. is way more like caring and wholesome and uh-huh. like consent focused oh, yeah. than like you know the real world like you're you're much you're much better like trying to interact with somebody and build a relationship on on fet life than you are on fucking okay cupid that's true i don't know from experience i don't either but i mean i know both sites my friends logged into fet life on my computer before and i've been like can can you not i don't want to like randomly go to the site one day and be in your account and like (laughs) i don't know look at your message i don't want that i don't want it but but yeah so i I felt like that was that was one of the big things that was just kind of like sticking in the back of my mind throughout this entire thing, and the fact that I I don't even think I'm like familiar with other things where it would just be like, it's just about dating sites. There's I can't think of anything else off the top of my head where the conceit is just like, oh man, like Jane and Bill are getting married, but oh no, then it comes out they met on Tinder. It's just like no, like that's not that's not a movie, right? Yeah, it's, but, there's just there's nothing to that that story or that conceit. It's yeah. just. Which I thought was kind of cool. Like, I I don't know. I don't even think it's like we've moved past it as a thing. Like, because I, I know, like, in the real world, there's, like, a, a shift in the in the stigma surrounding stuff. But I can't think of any, any like, big movies that I can think of where it's just, like, like, where that's the conflict or the drama or the tension is that they met online. I feel like f- this this might not be exactly answering that question. But I, I, f- I feel like the if I were to tell somebody I met like somebody important to me on on tinder i don't know if i don't know if this the stigma is we met on tinder i i feel like it's more so that there's an implicit understanding that i'm telling you a story about a time i got laid and i'm Mm. like i that's not information i personally like sharing with people yeah that makes sense i also i mean i do think the the way in which those stories are being told are through uh the catfish lens Mm. yeah that's true. where that you had sense. you had the mtv show you had the like you know weird found footagey like thriller type movie that came yeah. out a few years before that and like the stuff that still goes on today and that i think that's the only way you would end up telling a story that like centered around dating sites it was like you know i thought i knew them but actually yeah they were 12 people or oh you know what i've also <laughs> this is a hard left turn there's there's also okay, I wonder where you were segueing off of they were twelve people. So. No. There there's also like um I guess more like journalistic or editorial pieces about situations where people met online and like made pacts to kill like somebody's parent. Mm. Like that sort of thing is also Yeah, that's that's a thing but that also strangers kind of, on oh, Tinder. Shit. <laughs> Did we just come up with a screenplay? <laughs> I not a good one. But that's the way someone. Would but it'll do it. sell. Like that's that. I feel exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's how you do strangers on a train. To strangers. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. I gotta go home and set up final draft. Okay, so we've got a terrible movie. I we've got. Not, I would not watch it. Locked room murder but mystery on Slack, and strangers on Tinder. Yeah. 
strangers on a we'll work it out yeah yeah great two absolute gems out of this yeah i mean i i will say i i think there's a legitimate space for our slack murder mystery yeah Oh, there's, I, a, yeah. there's a there's legitimate a legitimate space, space, space for the movie. The it just wouldn't be good. The slack murder mystery could be great. Yeah. This movie is going to be awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like that because I agree. I feel like that's the big thing. Like that seems like the the only like other style of thing that we would have like picked for something like that. It would have to be a like something like catfish. Um, Can you imagine if for our watch we, we had, had just watched episodes of catfish or the movie? I mean, like, oh yeah, that. that I, honestly, I think that would have been a really interesting. Yeah. yeah, it would have shifted the entire tone of the topic. Yeah, we wouldn't have had any optimism at all. Yeah, it would have been just everything is awful. Yeah, I feel like I'm happy we did San Junipero, and not just because it's because it's, happy it's, lesbian ending. Well, queer women Fair. ending. Heaven wife. Heaven wife. Yeah. Um, happy heaven wife. We need a yearly holiday. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, I feel like it would be that or like, I don't know, like the episode of BoJack Horseman that introduces Vincent Adultman. Like, <laughs> like that would be, I feel like that's the other is that, option. That's catfishing? That's the other, is that is that the like pre-internet version of catfishing? Is that? I think she meets him online. I don't remember how they meet. Maybe she does. Oh, I don't remember, but now I just want to watch BoJack Horseman again. <laughs> Damn it! Why are why are we playing Star Wars role playing games after this? I want to watch cartoons. But yeah, so I don't know. I feel like that was. I, that's that's one thing that I will say. I'm I'm glad seems to by and large not be like a big part of the zeitgeist. At least that yeah. we can you know at, as we've established before between the three of us we can and I mean, usually with Cleo but between us it's just a little bit slower. We can index every single piece of media ever made in any format. And, you know, can identify that it is, in fact, true that no one has ever made a worthwhile thing about dating sites. Not only can I recite the entire Odyssey, I can recite every single iteration of it through its long oral tradition. Yeah. Which is not easy. No, no. Some of those were only told once. Mm -hmm. It takes takes real classical training. Yeah. That one time John from Macedonia, like, was super drunk and told it. it, Yeah. Great, but I mean, only did it once. You know, it's not a lot of record. This is what a liberal arts education gets you. Exactly. This is the future liberals want. <laughs> That's a dated joke. Anyway. Um, but also, it'll come right back around, don't you worry. So, I don't know. I mean, is there anything else that we want to talk about, broadly speaking, for digital romance? I feel like we had, I don't know, three, like, really interestingly different things for this, which I'm really happy about. Because we okay. rarely know, like, we very rarely do, has one person experienced all of our things in a topic. So, we have very little, like, curation for that. We've got, like, oh... This thing's supposed to be good. That thing's supposed to be good. This thing's supposed to be good. We put them all together and it's like all of these things are super depressing or just have a very pessimistic view of this thing. We happen to get like a pretty solid spread. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a good solid arguments for, against, and meh. These are the <laughs> technology in romantic relationships. I think I'm going to say like if we did have the question of which world would you would you rather live in. Yeah. Um. I would pick San Junipero, but not because I 2002 to 2007 real world, like I not because it's the real world and I've already done it. I don't want to go back to the time of AIM. I spent so much time on AIM, so much of my free time holding like one to five separate conversations at once and, and like just not doing anything else yeah just like talking God, to people on him it was ugh. it's exhausting yeah, yeah exhausting and i never got anything done i just sat and t- 
talk to people. But on the upside, well, no, it wouldn't even be on the outside because I can't even be like, oh, but like you would have Netflix now. But no, you'd be going back 2002 yeah. so you don't even have it. Because yeah. I feel like now I could like, I don't know. I could just watch Rent on DVD another 5,000 times. Yeah. I didn't like have a TV in my room, so you couldn't like do both of those at the same time. Oh God, like... I ha- I sat out in my family room. Yeah, like that's where that's where I was. I sat on one corner of the couch in my family room with like the TV. I had the TV, but like yeah. everybody was around me. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I feel like that would be the other thing. It's like I that would definitely make that like more palatable. It was like, well, at least like I watched like a cool movie while I you know spent the evening talking with six different people. Yeah, that was nuts. And you tried to like keep all the conversations separate and sometimes two of the people were talking about one of the other people and it was very confusing i feel like we've gotten better at not spending all of our time chatting with people online i mean there's definitely times where like i'm i'm holding a longer more in-depth conversation with someone and potentially also with multiple people Mm -hmm. but it's a lot less frequent online communication has gotten a lot less high school i guess Mm. and i don't know if that's because the culture around it has changed or because the people accessing it have grown up. I would say, yeah. Do you think for a high schooler, it's, it's still that where I, it's, it's I don't know. all consuming. Like I'm just going to like be on a message client for the next hour. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll do some kind of like movie style inf- infiltration of a high school and pretend I'm a teen again yeah. and I can connect with the youths yeah. and find out, how they use their social media platforms. Do it. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. So I guess I guess we're wrapping then. This has been Digital Romance. We've 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 done it. We've romanced the digital we've we we Try again. We've we've done it. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> we've We've fallen know. in love with several snakes. Oh god, yes. And made out with them. Oh my god! A whole lot. Everywhere. By we, grid means James. I the yeah. best word. I am terrified of snakes. Snakes are the <laughs> fucking worst. <laughs> but, but yeah. So I think we can all agree. Yeah, the, the 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 logo for this topic was just lady making out with snake. That is the digital own. She found her snake. <laughs> oh man, it was a di- it was actually a digital snake though. Like it's uh, not like it's not like they they took the snake's consciousness and put it into the world. You don't know that. You know that you're right. I don't know that it, they could have taken a snake's consciousness and put it into San Junipero. I, I, that was my read of that scene. That's that's nice, actually. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to. Well, not, not just that, but I'd I'd like to be able to not only find my heaven wife, but have my heaven dogs. Yeah, you find your heaven snake. Well, that too. Anyway, all right. Let's end this. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next topic is going to be Women of the Apocalypse. We're going to be starting with Tank Girl. It is the the three-volume set of the Tank Girl classic. After that, we're going to be doing Mad Max Fury Road, and then we're going to be doing Horizon Zero Dawn, and we're going to do another topic episode, and who knows what's after that. The future is wide, wide open. Much, much like the, the open world expansion. You know, it's really bad at See you later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Read, Watch, Play. If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is tell your friends about the show. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to find us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RWP Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash RWP Podcast. Check out our Tumblr at rwppodcast.tumblr.com. And look out for our game streams on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Play.
Yeah, we're going to cut that. Uh, yeah. I phrased that, unfortunately. I'm going to cut. I'm going to make some cuts. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that we not include that. Yeah. Yep. I, yep. Mm-hmm. Making some cuts. <laughs>